BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the TakeCast. My name is Davis Matic. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Matic. In this episode of the show, I am joined by my friend Kevin Cole from Pro Football Focus to react to some early season happenings in the NFL, adjusting our priors, talking about some of the all-time greatest quarterbacks, and if we have any disagreements on that list, changes in the NFL scoring environment, and much more. If you enjoy the show, you can always get bonus episodes on our Patreon, patreon.com slash TakeCast. There is a link to that in the description of this show. You can always leave a rating or review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can just tell a friend about the program. That's always very useful and helpful as well. Now let's go ahead and get into the episode. All right, everyone, welcoming back into the show, one Mr. Kevin Cole from ProFootballFocus.com. We've been through three weeks of the NFL season. It's been a while since Kevin and I have chatted. Just kind of want to take his temperature on, uh, you know, what's what's going on in the NFL. Maybe we'll talk a little bit of geopolitics here at the uh, at the end. You never know. You never know what's uh, what's going to end up coming up. But uh, Kevin, how you doing, man? How's the season going? Good, good, good. Yeah, it's it's weird with the the whatever's going on in the world type of conversation because i have no bearing on what's a crisis and what's not a crisis anymore well everything's right? so, a crisis yeah right? so it's just yeah you, you hear like hurricane i'm like yeah that, that looks bad i guess i don't know or maybe a week from now we won't hear anything uh i guess the the uk bond market is melting down or something i don't know like it's not affecting me the pound has been destroyed you if you yeah, held so, your wealth so, in pounds you're you're not having I mean, a very that's good a, time that's a, that's a dying empire we what have we got to worry about them for um yeah and then so i see stuff like that and i'm kind of like okay i just don't check my my brokerage accounts very often. I feel like that's just the way to stay detached from these sort of things. And as long as you're making a decent income, not worry about it too much. That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to do. Well, I mean, that is, uh, I, I would definitely tell everyone right now, do not, don't be looking at your, uh, at your 401k. Don't be looking at your retirement account. I would, I would wait, uh, you know, five, six, seven, eight years, um, on, on that for sure. Uh, what is your biggest prior heading into the year? that just has been destroyed through three weeks. What is your, what is your number one prior that uh, you were like, this is, I, 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 uh, you know, my, my strong belief weekly held heading into to week one that has changed up until this point. Let me think about that. I got to think about like quarterbacks. Cause I, 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 got, my, I got one. I got probably one. Probably my highest prior, but probably my strongest priors are quite, let, let me, let me think for a second. Like who's been really, I mean, I would say, I don't know if it's been destroyed because it's a small sample, but I would say my confidence that Baker Mayfield would be better than Sam Darnold. That was that mine. Offense. That 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 was my same one. I I I mean, you know, Baker, we we you know, like obviously he's like a pretty contentious guy, but this is a guy who's averaged seven point three YPA for his career. Uh, just for example, that's better than Andrew Luck's number when Andrew Luck retired. Like this is a guy. I mean, he's you know he won a road playoff game. I think the first playoff win for the Browns in like 15 years or something like that. And yeah. uh, the Panthers are terrible. They, they, uh, they, I, I had this stat on the Swolecast yesterday. Everyone like, oh my gosh, the Bears are running this medieval torture chamber offense. They have 23 completions. The Panthers have run four more plays on offense than the Chicago Bears. 
Yeah, the Panthers are right. I mean, they're not right there with the Bears as far as ineptitude and inability to pass. And yeah, even the the numbers underneath Baker's like counting stats type of numbers this year are bad because it's a ton of yak. I mean, we saw the LaVisca Chenault catch. It's oh, amazing. Blown coverage. Blown coverage in week one was basically all of the yards to Robbie Anderson. Um, so even underneath really, really bad numbers, there's a bunch of freebie yards that he got there. And I thought this offense was going to be okay. You know, they they rebuilt the offensive line. They have Robbie Anderson. You have DJ Moore. You have Christian McCaffrey. For me, it was it was in a situation where I thought someone could step in. I actually like Matt Corral coming out too. So that, that, looked, that looked pretty bad. That looked pretty bad in the preseason. But, I mean, that's the preseason. So I thought he might even have a chance to step in, be better than Darnold before Baker got there. And be yeah. productive this year as a rookie, but oof, it's it's been bad. Uh, one of my priors that I felt good about was that Tua was better than everyone thought. Right, Tua, I think very unfairly maligned, mostly because well, there are two reasons. One, people do not like left-handed quarterbacks. It just it scrambles something are in you our brains. Sh- I you, got the, I you truly, believe the video. You believe I, the video I, thing. I one hundred percent. I a hundred percent believe this this that is a that is a take that i fully believe but the other thing is that he got drafted ahead of justin herbert who is twitter's favorite quarterback right i mean you you get on you get on twitter for a 10 to 38 chargers loss and you're not going to see anything about herbert you know taking a sack he shouldn't have or anything you're going to see him you know he he doesn't do that that often to be fair to herbert i i we 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 can talk we can talk about herbert here uh in a little bit but the the thing is is that herbert is aesthetically i think herbert is the most probably the second most aesthetically pleasing quarterback in the NFL just to watch play. And you, you compare and contrast that with Tua who is not aesthetically pleasing, not just because of the left-handed thing, his throws don't have that much velocity on them. You know, even some of his touchdown passes this season have been clear under throws and, and stuff like that. But I, I was a Tua believer. Um, And weirdly enough was not really a McDaniel believer because the way he spoke to the media, I think he just had a hard time expressing himself like was just yeah he's he's just awful he 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 sounds like he's just talking extemporaneously about different subjects in it but he sounds like he's never thought about it before in his entire life. Like the last, the last of a question about the value of running the ball. And he just starts like spewing off all this nonsense. And I'm like, yes. Oh my God, this guy, what the hell? And he just, yeah, but supposedly I've talked to people, um, you know, people who've worked with him in the past have been very uh, complimentary of him. I have a source sources inside the building there in uh in uh, working for the Dolphins, uh, who's worked with, you know, multiple coaching staffs, their coaching staffs, other place, told me that he's the smartest dude that they've ever worked with. So I mean, I buy that because he, even when he's talking extemporaneously about something that doesn't make any sense, he still, yeah. like, just even to be able to formulate some of the thoughts he had, it's like that requires a certain level of, like, uh, both, like, intellectual and emotional intelligence. Like, I think he's a lot of the good, things. Objectively, like, fourth down decisions, good. other stuff. He's been doing that well. So that matters more to me. But I agreed. I was very skeptical. Super coming skeptical. In, coming in on it. But I, no, I like it myself. Like, I think I, as far as, okay, bad Baker, I might have nailed the Tua thing. Well, you say he's good. So maybe that could still be true. But I didn't say, I didn't say necessarily he was like good or elite or whatever. I said this season was going to be like Alex Smith 2017. Which is, which is fine, right? Because, because yeah. of. So but I think gonna... that really nails it. Like he doesn't look spectacular, but yeah, when you I'm have not those saying receivers he's... and you have that offense, like you can do, you can be a top five efficiency quarterback, basically. I'm not saying this dude is, is Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Justin Herbert. I'm just right. saying people thought he was um, in like the, like a, like a sub Kirk Cousins tier. You know, people thought this was a guy who is, not going to get his his fifth year option picked up, right? And I just like yeah. that's not he's gonna it's gonna happen. He is going to and oh, yeah. and I mean, they don't have anyone else. I mean, who knows? Alex Smith could still be quarterbacking the Chiefs if they didn't draft Patrick Mahomes, right? At totally. that point in time, they might it would been hard to move on for him from him after that. Um, and one one thing I'll mention, flip side of the Baker thing, is that. I was pretty convinced, and I again, I, I'm not throwing this in the trash, so maybe I'm not trashing anything here, but I was pretty convinced Jacoby Brissett was going to be bad. He'd been bad for a long time, and he's been yeah, okay I, I that year. that that I also I also fell um in that trap of thinking that the the Browns were, and I think 
maybe partly I'm just rooting for the Browns to do poorly because yeah. uh, I think the Watson decision is just like such a black mark on the league. And also like in a week, and I, I bet you kind of feel this too, a black mark on like analytics kind of as an entity, because from a certain point of view, you can see how this decision to give Deshaun Watson all this guaranteed money was actually like a calculated analytics gamble of like, well, we'll eat the bad press and we'll bet he doesn't get this massive suspension. And then all of a sudden we end up with a quarterback we never would have gotten without this. And I hate it. I, I, I hate this decision. And I think it's an example of why people have a rational distaste for analytics and football, but yeah, yeah I mean, for some of that, better. I've been, I've been pleasantly surprised to not have seen a lot of that. I think we saw our mutual frenemy, uh, frenemy for you, maybe Josh Hermsmeyer talking hey, about I, that. I love, I love Josh. <laughs> I love Josh. Josh can have no, his bad takes your on friend Bitcoin. and, yeah. and, you know, rival, whatever, whatever you want to call it. crypto, crypto enemy, uh, yes. Josh, Josh Hermsmeyer talk about it, but I haven't seen it from a lot of people. And I think that the thing is, um, yeah, Andrew Barry is kind of like an analytics guy, but he's not as closely associated as maybe someone like, um, why why am I why am I blanking on the Minnesota the 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 new Minnesota GM Coffee? Uh, yeah, yeah, Qua- Quasi Odofa Mensa. Like yes. he's not like that closely attached with it. And number two, everyone was in on Deshaun Watson. Okay, there were supposedly yes, pa- Panthers, Falcons, NFL teams, yeah, thirteen NFL teams who wanted to be in on the contest. And if you start counting like quarterbacks throughout the league who could not be replaced at least this season um credibly by Deshaun that's like Watson. every team you start getting up to you know 10 plus quarterbacks so then it's like almost every single team was in on it um now the browns did go the furthest to go and get it but part of that was just a function of jimmy haslam guaranteeing the money yeah he's willing to put you like he he's loose with the purse strings sometimes and he's a little you know he can be a little wild and he just went crazy on that so i don't know like Carolina with Tepper probably would have been the other guy who maybe could have really just slammed all this money on the table with them. But then I don't know if Watson really was into to, to going to the Panthers. Yeah. And uh, I mean, this is tangentially related, but I, I think that this decision by the Baltimore Ravens organization to not just give Lamar a blank check is one of the dumbest decisions in football history. I mean, I thought it was dumb before the season, but he's making them look extra dumb now. Now you're going to know more about this than I will. He has no option if they franchise tag him, right? Other than to just not play and not be paid. Is that yeah? I mean, there's correct? there's there's the non. I mean, there's a non-exclusive tag. So if there's a non-exclusive tag, other teams can bid, and if they let them go, they have to give the Ravens two first-round picks. Um, but the Ravens still have the ability to match whatever bid is. But if it's a non-exclusive tag, then he gets a lot more money. So the, the the amounts are getting pretty high now too with these quarterback contracts all rolling in. I, I would give, if I was a GM, I would give Lamar the largest guaranteed money in NFL history. And I wouldn't think twice about it. And I don't, I don't really understand what the Raven, like what, what is the Ravens hesitance? Like, I just don't, I guess it's just that whoever owns the team doesn't want to put all of the money in escrow is like, is that really all it is? Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a big part. But that's a, that's a big chunk of cash. I mean, so would it? I don't know what the negotiations are. So I agree with you that it kind of looks bad that they didn't make this deal. But if he was saying I want to be the highest paid guy and I want to have a fully guaranteed contract, I do think that's going to be a sticking point because teams are going to say if we're going to give you the fully guaranteed contract, you got to give us something. So you got to make, you know, we'll give you like the Kyler type of APY. The fully, the idea that Lamar and Kyler are not going to give you a lot more than that with guarantee. They they I'm, want something. They want. I something. mean, you it's you a you should plot. you should agree on this take with me as one of the foremost Kyler Murray haters. I mean, the idea that Lamar and Kyler are even in the same tax bracket is laughable. Like, I like Kyler, right? Kyler went to Oklahoma. I love him. I'm not a Kyler like, hater. I actually do like Kyler versus the market, probably. Like, I I, I flip. I flip on players all the time versus where they are. He's price sensitive. So, no. you're, you're price sensitive. But I would say going into this season, okay, let's, let's bring it back to Deshaun Watson again. I would say if you were to go through, like, all 32 front offices and even most of the media analyst type of people, if they're being honest with themselves and if they can, like, go back in time and put themselves into what they thought about Deshaun Watson post 2020 season. 
Like, I think everyone kind of thinks Deshaun Watson's better than Lamar Jackson going into this season, right? Like, more teams would rather have him as their quarterback. I, I, I want it, I want it on the record. I want it on the record. I have never thought that. I have always been okay, Lamar. Well, I, I would say you're in the minority, though, honestly, in that sort of opinion. There are, like, people who – like, I think people kind of looked at Deshaun Watson – he was top five efficiency, top five grading after that 2020 season. He had been like good every single year. He plays a more like traditional, whatever you want to say. Yeah, uh, yeah, he is. He is much style. more of a traditional. People would probably be Lamar. more into him. So again, that becomes a a watermark of a guy who essentially went to free agency, right? He was essentially like a free agent. He yeah. got that deal. If Lamar Jackson wants to beat that deal, I think it's tough from a negotiating standpoint to to give in on that now you're right maybe they will um after the season and it looks bad after the season but who cares he's playing well um you can franchise tag him and then figure it out after that i mean i guess it just like also part of my opinion on this is going to be colored by the fact that patrick mahomes is my favorite player ever and i root for the chiefs and like they both like they just did each other a favor right like like really what essentially happened with mahomes and the chiefs is that Mahomes got all the like you know his his great great grandchildren are going to be taken care of as a result of this contract but the way they structured it also was a benefit to the Chiefs where it's it's like a sliding scale percent or um it can exceed a certain level of the salary cap and I was like you you can just tell that there is like not animosity between those two groups, right? You know, Mahomes' agent sits down with you know Brett Veach and like I, I think it was just a bad deal for Mahomes. I mean, Holmes would cut them a break. He 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 did them a solid. He wanted to be there. That's and... but that's what I'm saying. It's like you should like uh, I don't know. He I did, mean, I mean, who's a uh, Lee Steinberg? You know, was his agent on this one? This whole ten year contract thing. It just it was so it was interesting because during that summer was the same summer that Watson was doing his. Yeah, negotiation, and it was like he wanted three years. He wanted low. He wanted four years, maybe, and the team wanted five. Same thing with Dak. That was a sticking point. And then out of nowhere, Mahomes just comes up with this ten-year deal, which flies in the face of what quarterback well, should want. Well, buddy, now. Mahomes wants to win. I mean, that's yeah. that's really that. The, I mean, he wants to win. He wants to win. I guess, but I don't, whatever. They all want to win. I, I mean, I don't know. These guys should be getting one. I mean, Josh no, Allen there, did that is not true. There are, there are varying degrees of wanting to win. 100%. You have yes. to say that. I feel like these guys deserve their money and they like, for the sake of their, of the, of the, of the rest of their uh, colleagues should be going for their money. Josh Allen, his, his deal was better than Mahomes for the player, but his is like not not a killer for the team also i mean you could say that's fair because at that point in time he only had one good season really i mean you um, i i think the average person would be quite surprised to know that his cap hit this year josh allen's cap hit this year is 16 million dollars right yeah i mean normally they keep the cap down for the first two years i mean mahomes's cap hit was like 13 million last year so um yeah mahomes is gonna have to restructure though he set up a, a contract that I think bumps up to 65 or 67 or 68 in a couple of years in a year or two. So yeah, um, they'll probably restructure it. He'll get paid. You know, it's not like he's not going to get paid, but definitely did Kansas City a favor. The problem though was the biggest favor that they did by structuring it this way. And by the long term was like those first two years, his cap hit was basically nothing. And those are gone. I'm sorry, Kansas City Chief fans. So they had you had your two hey, year window. Buddy, they're gonna they're gonna figure it out. It's all right. No, they, they will figure it out. I'm just saying they structure these contracts now where there's such a like monetary window to to go in. Yeah, they, the didn't, they didn't win a Super Bowl in, yeah, in that window. Yeah. Which, you know, I mean the Buccaneers game. I, I don't think I'll ever get over it. I think I'm going to be 65 years old and being like, you know, Andy Reid's son killed someone three days before kickoff and the entire offensive line was out. I think I'm going to rue that game I for mean, a long I time. Think the Bengals game was worse in a lot of ways because no, I, were I, I can't even, that game. I were... can't even, I can't even allow myself to go there because I just think it's an historical anomaly. I just, I just think that'll basically be the worst half of football. The chiefs, Oh, well, I don't know. The second half against the Colts was maybe the worst half of football they've ever played. <laughs> that's that bad. It wasn't that bad. That's another. That's another prior I've had that I've had to. Uh, I I've not abandoned it, but I'm adjusting it. But the Marquez Valdez Scantling, Juju Smith Schuster signings, um, like they're they're going to be fine. 
but they're going to need another wide receiver next year, whether it be drafting one in the first round, whether it be trading a first round pick for one, whether, you know, just, it, it's just not the, the, or, or maybe Sky Moore will be great when he eventually ends up playing. They're just not really using him on offense right now, but you know, have like your offense centering around 33 year old Travis Kelsey and, and Smith Schuster's like, it's just not really working through three games. I think it's fine. I think they'll be fine. If there was like, if he completes that deep ball to MVS last on the, on the first drive, Kelsey catches the touchdown If sky Moore knew how to field a punt, you know, they would have been a lot better situation. Even when they started from the one yard line, like Kelsey was maybe half a yard away from converting that first down. And that's a whole, like losing those drives. Well, they also gave up like roughly 20 points on special teams in that game. Like sky Moore, sky Moore muffs a punt. They run a fake field goal. They miss a 38 yard field goal. Like, yeah, they. I. It's not even Andy about. Reed the... gives up about twenty percent win probability every game by, by by not going for it and not calling timeouts. At the it's end of the it, game. that is it, one of the most frustrating things with the Chiefs is that Andy about once every four games just forgets Patrick Mahomes is his quarterback and he treats it like Alex Smith is still his quarterback. And it, I it think is it's more it often is... than that, but yeah, I mean. It's what was the clock management at the end of that last game? It's well, just you just, game. that's the trade-off with Andy Reid, right? You just have to accept that to get some of these brilliant, Why some of the brilliant. Why do you have to accept it? Like, can't we convince him to have someone help him no, out it'll, on it, this it, one? He's, he's 30 years into it. He's never, it's never happening. You just got to accept like, it. Okay, just think about this logically. If the Colts are like high-fiving each other and fist pumping as the clock is running down at the end of this game and you're allowing them to do that, that means maybe you don't want to do it. Like you're on the other side of this equation here. Like if the Colts want to run a minute and a half off of the clock on two plays at the end of the game, that means you don't want to do it. The two I, things I, cannot be I, I, I agree with you. It's like if I was sitting there on the sideline in a, a Chiefs, uh, you know, uh, windbreaker, I would be saying the same thing. But it's yeah. one of those things that I have had to like, you, you got to adjust your expectations, right? It's like It's like a successful marriage, right? You have to adjust your expectations for your partner. They're not going to be exactly everything you want them to be all the time. And if I'm yeah. going to, if I'm going to root for the chiefs to win games, I have to accept that sometimes Andy Reed is going to do the exact wrong thing at the exact wrong time. Yeah. Yeah. That's rough. It's a little, it's a little rough there though. I'm trying to think about any other ones, any other priors that I had that just really got destroyed. So far. I mean, I, I think the idea of, uh, I mean, a huge one has got to just be like the AFC West in general, right? The chargers look pretty bad. The Broncos look horrible. The the Raiders are terrible. Like we thought this was going to be one of the best divisions in history and the Chiefs are just going to win it with 11 wins and and it's going to be pretty non-dramatic in the end. Yeah, I don't think the Chargers have been bad. It's just like, you know. They're they're Herber, dead. They're Herber, just dying Herber, on the vine. Yeah, Herbert fell apart there. The Broncos, I mean, it wouldn't be that out of expectation for Russell Wilson to put up a, a couple of duds or something like that. They look okay. Cars, this is another one where I'm going to say like that was one that I hit. Like I did not, that was one of the things I did not understand this off season is how we have like Derek Carr in my mind, at least same player for the last like, you know, no, no different, no different than Tua, no different than six years. His perception of him, it was like after that season where he got MVP votes, I guess it was 2016. Um, it's like his perception went way up and I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Remember there was like a Dak or Derek Carr discussion. Yes. I don't know if you remember yes, that. I do. <laughs> and then, and then he fell down. And then this year, suddenly he was in multiple quarterback rankings on the off season where they, they pull these execs and stuff, you know, God, like God 12. love him. He God love 12. him. But Dan Orlovsky is part of this. He's a, he's a huge car guy. And he, I mean, Dan is pretty good on TV. So his stuff gets picked up. And he he is a big Derek Carr guy. Do you think Dan Orlovsky is smart? Yes. Do you think yes, he's like I a do. smart guy who plays dumb sometimes? Or do you think he's like a dumb guy who because I because sometimes I think football people who are get some popularity, like they can talk in this way because they've been on the field and they can like describe something. So yeah. we associate that with being smart, but the reality is like you're your guy who played college football somewhere um you know never was a backup quarterback could do the same exact fucking thing as dan orlovsky but he's like you know tall and good looking and play he is he is a good looking guy no i think i mean i I disagree with a lot of of his takes like i think he comes away with things like yeah uh, he's actually been on this podcast uh like his his carson wentz take is like must have been must have been before he got big time it was it was (laughs) um 
so like his car like like hit like just in general the carson wentz takes that are like no you look at this and he can do this thing that you know like uh oh patrick mahomes made this throw would be leading sports center or whatever and it's like yeah he yeah. could do that but wentz just eats like a billion sacks per game and like totally loses his mind once a game and throws like the worst interception you've ever seen and that I mean, that's really what keeps him from being. I mean, he was doing this thing the other day about the Panthers tipping their plays because of how the running back alignment was in shotgun. And it's like, dude, every team does that. Like every team does that. And when you're a lot of these plays he's talking about, like situationally, there's like that, that tips your play call more than like, yeah, guess what? On third and eight out of shotgun, they're not going to run it. You know, like congratulations. Like that was something where you should know that. Like you should know that's not tipping the place. Freaking Matt Rule was asked about it. He had a bad answer, of course, because he he because maybe he doesn't know anything either. But that was just one of those things where I was thinking to myself, okay, does he know that? And he's just like trying to create some content here out of this whole tipping plays thing. No, I think I think that? guys, I think football guys, like this is very different than you and I. They just get really excited when they notice schematic <laughs> stuff like that. Like yeah, that's certain so. it's certainly yeah. that's certainly not limited to just one guy on TV. Like that's just a that's just an industry-wide thing. You know what team is the worst about that? The Packers. The Packers run the most predictable offense in football. It's like it is insane to watch this offense that Matt LaFleur is dialed up. I mean, it's terrible. I I watched like the entirety of Buccaneers Packers because I had three Packers on my uh, main DFS team last weekend. And I was just like, if I was a Packers fan, I would just be despondent that this is the offense my team is running. It's but terrible. What happened? Like I thought he unlocked Aaron Rodgers. Uh, like Aaron Rodgers had that stretch. People like to say it was a year or two. It was 2015 to 2019 where he was kind of bad. Of course, one of those years was with LaFleur. The first year was with LaFleur. And then you know, he's MVP the next two seasons. I don't know. I feel like Rodgers, he's always had great pass protection his entire career. He's had like top five-ish sort of pass protection. That hasn't been there this year. Maybe he'll get it back pretty soon. And, you know, if he doesn't trust his receivers, he, he's doing a lot of he's doing a lot of this. You know, he's kind of just looking around a lot. Um, well, can so I tell you I the know. most, the mo there are two triggering things about the Packers. So the first is that they just run on every first down, which is like, I mean, we know it's it's horrible. The well, other how many thing times you heard people talk about their best players, though, like I've heard this a lot, even from people who should who should know better, where they're like Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are their best players, so they got to lean into them. It's like no, you don't. Like that's just well, bad or just offense. use them, or just that's use a bad them, offense. or just use them in a more optimal way. They run this play. I was trying to describe this on this full cast on Wednesday. So they line up in the shotgun. It's a split back set. Dylan on one side, Jones on the other. That's already Rod bad. You already have two running backs in the game. That's a bad so, offense. So right. Rodgers kicks one out in motion. They go he yeah. and and he goes to the opposite side of the field so he goes behind the other running back and behind Rodgers to split out to the other side and then Presumably they do that's, that's that's Jones, but yeah. Well, they've done it. They did it both ways against the oh, Buccaneers. Okay, and then, yeah, so and like, then, yeah, having Dylan go out there, that's just worthless. But okay, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. And then they run the opposite way. So it's just yeah. they, they put the, they put the running back in motion and then they run diagonally, um, you know, the other way. And it's like, I, I think they ran that play four times against the Buccaneers for like accumulation of like negative three yards. And I'm like, if me, total jackass who really doesn't understand schematically what's going on can see that this play is gaining no yards why does why do they keep calling it it's just so frustrating yeah i i i tend to not lean too far into the scheming coaching whatever sort of thing because not only do i not know anything i feel like when we talk about fourth downs we talk about some of this other stuff i feel like we have kind of an informational slash analytical analysis advantage over coaches which explains the discrepancy i just don't understand how your average like twitter dude knows better than a professional coach like how to do their core competency like this is their core competency that they've been studying so for that reason i i i, I lean against that maybe I, i'm kind of down on coaching generally as far as making a huge difference so maybe that's part of it too. Oh, I totally disagree with that. How can you how can you defend that when we see what an edge good coaches gain versus bad coaches? I mean, do we see that every single look at okay, let me a coach of the year. Every single year, coach of the year. Well, coach of the to, year, coach of the year is is not the right way to okay, justify well, I'm just saying, this. This is our public. Per, this is okay. I'm using maybe it's a it's a dumb perception, but I'm saying this is some gauge 
this is some sort of gauge of public perception, right? It's the AP voters or the whoever, the the pro football weekly voters or whoever ends up voting for these things. Every single year, coach of the year is mostly the person who outperforms preseason yeah, they beat expectations. Their, they beat their so preseason expectations the are based on more on talent than anything else, right? So it's kind of like outperforming your talent, but it's just variant. So I just have a trouble like pushing aside I mean, look, look, versus... look so a couple a couple examples for from this season would be look at the difference between the jaguars with urban meyer and doug peterson right Co- like the yeah, talent yeah. No, i'm willing to give you extreme examples of like complete incompetence but you're talking about like a play design on a particular play and that i you know that i have more difficult it's kind of like the the joe lombardi thing in with the chargers yeah, they probably could stretch the field a bit more, but you have Jalen Guyton, who's now out. Uh, like, yeah. who, who the hell are you going to stretch the field with, number one? And number two, I think Herbert likes getting rid of the ball quickly and throwing it short. Like, he doesn't take sacks. He likes that a little bit, too. So I think there is a – he's like he's not going to become, uh, you know, early career Ben Roethlisberger or something like that. Like, he, does, he doesn't want to play that way. Ben Roethlisberger decided he didn't want to play that way after about – seven years of getting his ass kicked. He decided he didn't want to play that way too. So I don't know. I just feel like too much is put on coaches in this, in this scheme where you're like, this guy's a professional offensive coordinator. Can he really be that, that dumb? Maybe. I I, I, I disagree. I disagree. I think that, I think that both on the macro and the micro sense, those coaching decisions are pretty important. Um, what do you make of this development that the NFL has become increasingly pass heavy you know, this is basically the the most pass happy the league has ever been. But scoring is also at a ten year low. What what is your what is your broad takeaway from that? I mean, my broad takeaway is it's mostly noise. Um, like we had twenty seventeen, right? So twenty seventeen was even worse as far as uh, passing efficiency. There's a huge drop. A bunch of guys got injured. Um, quarterback play, which I mean, think about it. it was Carson Wentz and kind of meh tom brady fighting it out for the mvp that year until wentz got got injured so i think that's part of it is that it's just like a down-ish sort of year for quarterback play so far with a lot of high-end quarterbacks adjusting to some new new circumstances so i think that's it and then i think there are marginal things like the changing shifting defense but ban ban the cover two i okay this is this is bad this is quarters are up a combined five percent six percent that's not gonna like drop efficiency through through the floor so i think that's part of it though um there's another part where they talk about cover zero has gone up quite a bit and the efficiency is way down on cover zero so cover zero is the most the most like the highest variance type of defense that you can play so it's the most likely to swing back the other direction that's another thing there i think the increase usage of rpos or option plays where like offenses you talk to offenses i think eric Bieniemy was a guy who talked about this like they when they track their play call those calls and their efficiency and their numbers they track rpos and a lot of these option sort of plays as run plays they put in the same category as run plays. so like an increasing amount of pass plays are really equivalent to kind of like run plays plus a little extra juice is what you're trying to get out of them. But we're calling them pass plays. We're calling all these RPOs and other things pass plays where they're not. And that number is going way, way up. Um, and running quarterbacks who are doing that a lot, right? A lot of options. That's, stuff, a, that's, a, lot of a, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. So like that's taken a jump this year. I would say we're almost every like, Think about the guys who can functionally run throughout the NFL right now. It's pretty high. Um, and again, like I said, a lot of these pass plays, they're willing to sacrifice uh, the efficiency of a drop back pass to just have an option and get like a juiced up run play. So I think it's all those things combined. But I do think the cover two thing is probably the most overhyped of the changes there. It's something, but going up by... year over year is not to me is not what's causing this huge drop. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's, I think that's probably fair. I mean, I honestly, I do think part of it is the, the two high safety stuff in the context of the offenses that it's being done against. Cause it look, I mean, the, the chiefs offense has like changed a lot 
over the last like 18 months as a result of teams playing this way against them. And obviously that's the team I'm most dialed in on. So I can see the the ramifications of that in a much clearer way. But I would imagine that if you talked to, you know, a, a Chargers fan, a Buccaneers fan, whatever, they would say something similar where the two eye safety look has really changed the way they play. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it, it hasn't, but maybe even last year, if you want to talk about the evolution offensively, the Chiefs were pretty good to start the season. Then they went cold for a while and it was like two high safeties, two high safeties. And then they were kind of on fire to end the season, honestly. Now, maybe they just happened to be playing teams that were not, other than that last half against the Bengals. Like, they were on fire, though. Like, the last few weeks of the regular season, uh, the Charger, I mean, the Pittsburgh game outside of, like, the first couple of possessions. And the Bills game, obviously, they were they were hot, and they were hot at the beginning of the Bengals game. So, yeah, I think it can stymie some guys. Maybe it's not easy. It's not easy. Like, you make you work a lot harder. But the Chiefs did kind of figure it out, and I think teams will figure it out a little bit more this season too. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to talk about the Bengals and Joe Burrow because one of my priors heading into this year was that it was one of the all-time anomalies that they got into the Super Bowl. We already talked about. Uh, we already, you know, we already talked about the uh, the Bengals might be, Chiefs might be game. a little bit of a stretch, but yeah, <laughs> okay. I mean, and not only not only that, they could have lost to the Titans. The Raiders had the yes. ball at the end of the wild. I mean, the Raiders had the ball at the end of the wild card game to tie it right, and they just they did not end up scoring. Uh, there was that weird play where the ref blew blew the whistle early and the Bengals scored a touchdown at the end of the first half. I mean, that's total minutia. But yeah. my my contention has been, one, I don't know how good of a coach Zach Taylor is, and two, Burrow looks like kind of an overrated quarterback. Yeah, no, no. I think Burrow was, was overrated. I don't think there's any doubt about it. The offense was over. The offense was not good, like through – the playoffs, they were a little bit better in the Super Bowl, but even then you had, you know, T. Higgins like grabbing uh Jalen Ramsey and tossing him down by the face mask <laughs> in order to make to make that huge play there. Yeah. So the offense wasn't good. It was one of those things where Burrow, and this is, you know, I'm gonna throw my throw PFF under the bus here. I mean, he was like the number one PFF grade because our grades don't weigh heavily enough. The fact that the dude just loves eating sacks. Loves like to Justin eat Herbert. sacks, man. Loves yeah, so, to eat sacks. So, but his EPA was never, was like fringe top 10. So, and that's with a, a tremendous amount of these huge big plays. Yeah, Jamar, probably... Jamar Chase average scoring distance last year was like 32 yards or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, at the same time, I know people are going to say, I don't like it when people like this regression thing. Like, yeah. The, the Bengals are regressing, but regression doesn't mean like you're really good for a while and then you suck for a while. Like it means you progress to the mean, like they're past the mean and, and their suckiness. Like they're better than what they've been playing these first few weeks. So I also don't think they're this bad offensively. They will get better. They'll make, oh, to they will totally, they will totally yeah. get better, but like they regress past the mean at this point, you know, I just, I me. think, I think there was this idea in the ether that Joe Burrow and the Bengals were set up to compete with Lamar and Mahomes and Herbert for like the next decade. And I, yeah, yeah. I mean, Burrow was above Herbert in some of these quarterback rankings. And that's the, that was a, well, buddy Herbert, Herbert was above absurd. Mahomes in some of these rankings. So these people are not taking things was, really. Actually. I mean, maybe, maybe you're, maybe it was that you're looking at. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm like the, Rogers I'm like was the... above Mahomes. Rogers was above, you know, I'm team Mahomes always like he's too far out in front of anyone to get anyone. Get the I, the Ma idea that Rogers is on the same level of existence as Patrick Mahomes is so angering to me. Well, he is back-to-back -back MVP. I mean, he is a fake, you know, fake MVP. top five quarterback of all time, probably, but yeah. Do you think he's uh, no, the top no, no, no. five quarterback of all time? I don't know. He's close. By the time he gets to the end of his career, I mean, who are you going to have? Peyton Manning, Tom Without Brady. Without looking it up, when do you think the last time he won a conference championship was? Without without looking at it? I guess it was when, I guess is when he won the Super Bowl, right? No, no, he won one more after that. Uh, uh, I don't remember. 2014? No. Um, no, it was before that 2013. I don't remember. Yeah, no, he, it was just the one. It was just, it, it was, was just, two, okay. it was just 2010. Okay. So I mean, that is yeah. the, the idea, the idea that you could, I guess he lost one... to Seattle. I was thinking about that Seattle year where they ended up losing. Yeah. And the, the, that was, that was, that was bad. That was bad.
Yeah, that was uh, that was 2014. No, but he's gotten unlucky too. Like he's got he hasn't been he hasn't been that bad. No, I'm not I'm not I'm not giving I'm not giving a uh, a 36 year old quarterback who won a Super Bowl uh, 13 years ago. I'm not giving them unlucky. Like if 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 Mahomes ends up with just the one Super Bowl and then the Super Bowl loss to Brady and that's it, I, I'll say the same thing. I'll be like. Guy, guy ran hot. I obviously I don't think that will happen, but I mean I would say the same thing for Burrow. I would say this. I would say, just like I don't know if you can be an all time great and then just claim bad luck and variance. Like I, I think. Okay, well then you, well then so you're gonna say you think you would say like Joe Montana is better than than he is. No, no. So this I well I'm, that's the I'm, that's the flip side. I'm I'm psyoping myself into a trap here <laughs> well, then, a little bit. Well, you have to tell me who's who's better. Give me give me top five quarterbacks all okay, time. Okay, let me let me go. Rogers. Let me look at uh, let me look at all time. I think you can do that. By the way, like I could probably do that, but it, it's close. Let me look at all time YPA. So we got. Uh, you know what? No, I'll give it to him. I'll give him. I'll give him top five. He is. I. He. He is still. You have to put Montana above him. I think you have to put. Uh, I mean, if you want to put Marino above him, that would be close one to me. But I think it would be tough for people to not say Rogers over Marino again. Another guy who. He probably had less team support though, a lot less team support, but still never went to the Super Bowl. Never won a Super Bowl. If you want to make that some, some some sort of you know marker for it. You, you want to know, do you want to hear an all-time historical oddity? This is I just because I happen to have this page pulled up. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo is number five all-time in adjusted YPA. Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy's good, okay? <laughs> Tell you, he, he executes. No, he's he's actually not. He's actually he, not. He executes. No, I'll, I'll, I'll die on Jimmy Hill. I know he was bad. He's been bad so far this season. I'll give you that. Um but no, 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 no quarterback, no quarterback uh, makes uh, love grow by absence more than Jimmy Garoppolo, where it's like every time you're not actively watching Jimmy Garoppolo play, you look at the data and you look at like the win loss with him as the quarterback. And you're like, you know what? Guy could freaking win a Super Bowl. And then you watch him play for like three drives and you're like, you know what? I totally get why they traded multiple first round. Okay, picks but this, to get okay, this is what I'll say about about Jimmy, like. My perception of him is was based on the larger track record of what he's done. Now, a lot of people are saying, how can you say Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback? Look how bad he was at the end of last season. Because a lot of people, that's when a huge Jimmy, Jimmy discourse was all over the place. Look how bad he's been this season so far. And I would say, you know, all the stats that I look at that say Jimmy is good, say Jimmy's has been bad. He was bad at the end of last season, and he's been bad so far this season. I wouldn't disagree with that. So the stat sort of thing is it's not like we're looking at his that Denver game and, and we're like, whoa, that was a great game for Jimmy Garoppolo, Garoppolo according to the stats. No, it wasn't. He was one of 10 on third down conversion. And in your mind, in your mind, what is the defining mo- – like when you think of Jimmy Garoppolo, you you close you close your eyes and you, you think of Jimmy Garoppolo in your mind's eye. What is your defining Jimmy Garoppolo moment? Moment? <laughs> Well, or yeah, or like, or piece of data or whatever. I mean, what just when I'm you saying, this, this word, is, this word association? Jimmy Garoppolo like play. I mean, finding Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo plays versus he's normally very good on third down. So he's he was he had he was great in 2019, great in 2021, and he was bad against Denver. So that's part of the thing which I think will regress. My defining moment will be him dropping back three step drop hitting someone right in the middle of the field between like four zone defenders with room to run. And then they take it for another like 25, 30 yards as they're crossing over the middle of the field. That's what Jimmy Garoppolo does, but he's willing to do it. And on time, and sometimes it ends up being uh interception that goes right to the linebacker because he did because, because he throws some tight window throws that get guys a lot of yak and being perfectly on time. Like Trey Lance probably can't do that. So that's the difference, but no one gives him that much credit for, for doing that. Well, just like no one gives Kirk Cousins credit for going right. 4,500 yards and 30 touchdowns every year. Because yeah. my defining moment of Jimmy Garoppolo is missing Emmanuel Sanders wide open in the Super Bowl. Like when I think of Jimmy Maybe Garoppolo. Emmanuel Sanders is slow. Do you ever think about that? Maybe Emmanuel Sanders is, is slow. You're, so you're saying you're saying if that was Brandon Ayuk being targeted on that play, it goes, yeah, it goes for a touchdown? Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. He did hit Kittle with a nice one that got called back for a questionable offensive pass oh i i buddy i i was i was like waiting on ba- i i like remember that that was a very emotional uh that was a very emotional game i was kind um, of emotional because i really wanted the chiefs to win 
And the first couple of drives, actually more than the first couple of drives for the Chiefs, I was like, what the fuck? The whole like, first, the whole first half. Playing scared. Like yeah. everyone looked like, because I thought, oh, Patrick Mahomes has been in big games, this and that. Like he was like dirtying balls to people. And I, I was like, what the hell is going on here? I don't actually think he'd been in that many big games up until that point. They won like no games when he was in college. They had a losing. Saying, I... He didn't look nervous at all playing in the uh, the the playoff run. Where they would go down by twenty points, and then he would just completely that destroy uh, and that come that back. Texans game. That Texans yeah, game yeah. is like such an all time. Or even the tight. I guess it was Titans, right? Was the Titans game? I don't remember. There was another game. Also, I think it was Titans. They they were down. They were da- They went down in both of them. Yeah, yeah, and he he had no problem with that one. But on this one, from the first play, I was like, "Whoa, this dude looks shaky." Um, I mean that's uh that's that's another one. I mean, how does how does Cliff Kingsbury have a job? Yeah, five well, and he's got, he's got a five-year contract extension five him, zach five, taylor also got an extension why do they extend these guys these were know. these were cliff kingsbury's records with patrick mahomes four and eight seven and six five and seven in the big 12 with patrick mahomes at quarterback yeah i mean texas tech is kind of trash though but yeah um generally it's tough you don't see quarterbacks making a huge difference in college versus like the rest of the because there's such like there's such equivalence in the NFL outside of the quarterback position like generally the 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 difference in the rest of the so the quarterbacks make a huge difference whereas the equivalence in offense uh, offensive fronts in the college is a little bit different so I'll cut him some slack but yeah it's bad I think Kyler I'm putting some of this on Kyler so far this year I was talking about this on the fantasy pod yesterday with Ian like he has fewer rushing yards than Joe Burrow this year Okay. He had he, he had eight rushing yards in that loss last year. Fewer week. rushing yards than Joe Burrow. He's he's he has a three percent sack rate right now, which is like one of the best in the NFL. And it's like I like avoiding sacks, but not if your yards per completion is like eight. Okay. The guy just they do like he needs to start taking some more risks, honestly. And I know people are like the runaround Kyler offense. I want him running past the line of scrimmage more often. I know he's been hurt a couple of times and that's bad, but I don't know. I feel like Kyler is not taking enough chances with the way he's playing, honestly, right now. Yeah. I mean, I think I think that uh I think that seems legit. I mean, I'm I'm such a Kyler believer, like I just want to blame everyone but him. You know, I want to I mean, blame I also have him in some important fantasy leagues, so maybe that's part so, like, of, part run, of, my, like, part run, of my gripe here with him not running. It's just I thought I was like getting a value thing because he like there was the five guys, right? Who you could have thought maybe Herbert could throw Herbert in there too. I, don't I know, see, but, I didn't think Herbert was in there because Herbert has yeah, not I, I, run I, I didn't think he was in there. I would have taken I was taking Murray above Herbert. So let's throw Herbert out. So you throw Mahomes in there, even though he's not a big rushing guy. And then you had the four rushing guys of Allen, Hertz, uh, Jackson, and Murray. I thought they were, you know, all in the same tier, but Murray's not in the tier, not in the same tier with those guys anymore, as far as how he's played this season. Yeah. I mean, he's I think running. I think, yeah, I think that's some. Um, I think that's probably true. Uh, you got any? You got any takes that you think are are bettable right now? MVP, offensive rookie of the year. I mean, I I like the MVP market. Honestly, I think all the value has mostly been sucked out. Allen, Lamar, Hertz, and Mahomes are all uh, seven to one or shallower. Which uh, I mean, you you could have gotten you could you could have gotten Mahomes at uh, at at ten to one earlier in the year, but. It's it's nothing. Yeah, nothing. I, mean, I I think offensive rookie of the year is still bettable, actually. Let, well, let me see. It's interesting because I just saw that they gave Chris Olave the offensive rookie of the month, and in my opinion, Drake London has been like by far the best. Well, by I shouldn't say by far, but he's been, from my opinion, he's been the best rookie so far. The problem is he's not going to have the counting stats that Olave is going to have because that offense doesn't doesn't do anything. Um. So let me let me look up some of these odds now. When I mean, would I always kind of blind bet Mahomes? I feel like for MVP. Well, he's know? four. He's fourth in the odds right now. But I I I mean I've obviously already bet him when he was at ten to one. So I'm not I'm not betting him now. I did I did bet the Ravens to win the Super Bowl at twenty to one, which feels much better today than it did a month ago because some of his AFC competition looks worse. What than about we expected. I could bet I could bet Tom Brady at thirty to one. 
Like if he yeah. gets his guys back, they they would love. Oh my gosh, these freaking voters would love to let Brady ride off into the sunset with an MVP. If he, if he gets his guys back, the NFC sucks. Like they could still they could win this conference very easily this year. Um, they're not passing the ball, which is a little bit disconcerting. But maybe there's like an outside chance they're not passing it because they don't have anyone to throw it to type of situation and the blocking. So that would be the other guy that jumps at it because I would I'd rather have Brady at thirty to one than Rogers at twenty five to one because I just don't see the upside in the passing game right now for uh, the Packers unless Romeo Dobbs ends up like going nuclear or something like that. Uh, Herbert's out. Stafford no. Trevor Lawrence, not too early. Uh, Joe Burrow, hell no. Russell Wilson, no. Kyler, yeah, all these guys are no's. So that would be my guys. Mahomes maybe at seven to one. Brady at thirty to one. Um, Offensive of rookie of the year. Drake London and Olave are both five to one. Um, I have. I Mark I would. Dobbs is third. The, I know. I know. It's uh, so funny. I would love to bet Malik Willis. Like if Malik Willis was at fifty to one right now, I think I would just blind bet it. Why do people hate Tannehill so much? He's been good so far this year. Oh, I just—I mean, people just always love the shiny new toy, right? I mean, I that's know. the Malik big thing. Malik Willis looks rough when he goes back to pass. I mean, I—I just—I just like Malik, and I have him on all these fantasy teams, you know, just waiting for the inevitability. The—the the issue is, is that their division is so weak that the Titans are going to have like five wins in in week ten, and still, well, in five wins in week thirteen, and still think they can win the division is the is the issue with because Vrabel Vrabel is not starting a rookie quarterback until he absolutely has to like that's for sure yeah I don't know this this is rough for offensive rookie of the year I mean it's 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 uh, what about what about Bailey Zappi if this Mac Jones injury thing is real no I don't think I think he'll be back eventually so and he's not even starting yet I mean I would say can he pick it if like you think if yeah. you think Trubisky, God damn it, Mitchell Trubisky, why did you have to play a good game in an island game? Your one, your first good game in like fifteen starts. Um, so maybe pick it at fifteen to one. If they, if they, if they lose to the Jets, we will, we will get Pickett the yeah. week after that. Yeah, I think. So. See, I, I that, thought I don't see anyone. I Traylon thought Burks, they would. I don't know. Burks is running routes. I guess I don't know. I thought they would do Pickett here. Because I assumed that with ten days off and then playing the Jets, you'd want to get him in in like an easy spot or whatever. But it, yeah. I mean, they think I guess they think they can win the division, and that's why, you know, they're just like, well, we can we can make the playoffs, whatever, with ten wins. Is Trubisky? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. I feel to like me. if you just bet on London, Olave, and Wilson, because they all got pretty good numbers so far. Like I don't think Dotson's gonna 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 make it. Like yeah. just bet on those three guys with the assumption. I don't think a running back can win. Like Damian Pierce, I don't care if he has a thousand yards. He's not gonna. I don't think he's gonna win on the Texans when one of these receivers will probably have a thousand yards. We have a great season, yeah. At the same time, and I just, I mean, I say pick at fifteen to one, but I don't know. I think he's missed too much time when, you, especially when you have, you know, Chris Olave's already got two hundred and seventy. And it just keeps getting like the most amount of prayer yards we've ever seen. Although I will say, I still think Drake London's the best is is played the best and he's he's so good, man. Drake London is so good. Can I, can I get people to stop saying, Oh, I thought like, where's the moratorium on, 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 uh, dunking on Drake, Drake London can't separate sort of. Can we, can we, can we say that's done? You've, you've done. Okay. We get, I mean, I bet, I bet I said that. I bet if you went into the archives, well, (laughs) you did say that my, my London, Drake London separate into Twitter. You get like a thousand tweets saying, Oh, I thought Drake London couldn't separate for every one tweet that ever happened that said Drake London couldn't separate. My, my take on London was just that the NFL is clearly drifting away from his archetype as their preferred wide receiver. They're drifting towards the 510, 195 guys. And that's a mistake though. Well, I mean, the cover too, buddy. You got to have someone who can run underneath and get yak. I mean, it's like, it's like, I just, I'm just got... saying, look at AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, these huge hits of these guys. Like, why were these guys not first round receivers? Like, why were these, why are these big guys slipping to the second round? It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's like, I was a Burks over London guy and that doesn't look particularly good right now. I mean, we'll see. I think like, Burks Bur- is okay. Burks is Burks. He's, the analytics don't factor in that the guy is probably just like a bonehead, you know, there's, there's been like a little bit of like, uh, 
you know inside the the room stuff that's like he just doesn't have a great attitude and it's like what i'm on the outside i don't know it's but... not just attitude i think he's i think he's probably just like not that smart or into or, you know like he just doesn't or doesn't study hard he just he's not with it fully like the guy likes to go out and like hunt boars like that's his passion you know, I love I mean I love that. That was that was one of the coolest. I was like, I was like, I want this guy on all my fantasy teams. Like, I don't like think he's... football is necessarily his passion, but the dude's a stud. I mean, he looks like a stud out there when he's when he's playing. Um, it's just when you see Mike Vrabel talk about him, it's like he's passing a kidney stone or something when he's like talking about uh and then compared to how he talks about Kyle Phillips, like Kyle Phillips is like a coach's <laughs> yeah, exactly. dream, just like a Kyle guy Phillips is like his he's he's adopting. He's well he's he's a, Kyle Phillips is a teacher's pet. Like, you know, he's in yeah. the meetings and he knows every coverage and every audible and every hot route. And and Traylenburgs is like Traylenburgs every every third route. He's just like going somewhere. Like he's just doing, doing his own thing. <laughs> yeah. I I was encouraged though. I mean, this is super micro data, but it's like like I was pretty encouraged by the fact that he had the end around and a deep target in the first quarter in week three, and yeah. he did and that didn't end up doing anything after that. But I I think that it is at least a signal that they are prepared to start using him a lot soon. Well, yeah, Phillips was out and he ran every route but one last game. Yeah. So I think I think that's good. But I don't. What I want to hear is I don't want to hear people say if Traylon Burks fails, right? They're going to say, oh, you know, I was right about my analysis of he's only a manufactured touch guy or this or that. Right. It's like no, it's just like he's a bonehead, and that's not part of anyone's analysis, really. Like if you told me your analysis was he was going to fail because he's a bonehead, then I, say, I would just disregard right. it. I well, yeah, I would just disregard. I'd be like, I'd be like, it. I'd be like, how could you know? Yeah, yeah. We, we all disregard it. And there's one of those ones where you just chalk it up to say you can't really victory lap, I don't think, on him. Having, well, I will I will well. um, I will old takes exposed myself on Drake London, which is the last big bodied Pac-12 wide receiver that I fell in love with. Uh, his name was J.J. Ortega Whiteside. And I, I definitely <laughs> yeah, mentioned yeah. that more than once on a podcast. And it's like this is a hole in the way that I would analyze players, which is I'm looking at like, okay, how do you do relative to your teammates and relative to your competition and how fast are you? And like, that's pretty much, pretty much all I got. Okay. Here's, and- here's, here's what I looked at. And I think maybe there's some signal here, but it's very noisy. So I looked at contested catch rate for these guys. And, but I looked at it versus press coverage, man, press coverage and, versus zone coverage where you're not getting pressed or man coverage where you're not getting pressed. Um, But mostly zone in that circumstance. And what I found was the contested catch thing is not necessarily bad. If it's against press man coverage, that's like a pretty good way to win in those circumstances. The problem was for JJ Ortega, Whiteside, Denzel Mims was another one. Who was the other big bust of these guys who just, I mean, there's been been a lot of Harry was another guy. Um, These guys, not only against press coverage were they like off the charts contested catches, but even against zone coverage, they were, it was like all contested catches. Like they weren't, they, they weren't even getting open in these other ways. They didn't, they didn't get open period. They just, so whereas London still was getting open against when he wasn't being pressed, he was getting open. He wasn't all contested catches. Okay. I mean, that's, I, I guess, I guess that seems reasonable. Um, You got any other burning takes to get off your chest before we get out of here? Oh God, I'm sure I do. Let me let me think about it. Let me think a good one here. Um You wanna you wanna fire off like Bill Belichick all time overrated, just happen to have the greatest quarterback ever. Or uh no, or I think Belichick like is fine, but it's like one of these things where I think it proves that these guys are not outliers. Well let me let me talk I want to talk about some of these games. I want to get your opinion on some of these games for this weekend because Okay, let's do it. Okay. Cardinals one and a half point underdog in Carolina. What what's going like? Did I miss? Something? I mean, I I certainly. I mean, it's just it's like the Cardinals. I know it doesn't matter a lot, like between the threes, whether it's one and a half this way or one and a half that way. I mean, but... I would just I would take Arizona as like a three point favorite there. I think I just want to be. <laughs> I, know, I just I just want to be trying to figure out what's going on. They're trying to figure out. That's number one, and somewhat of a hot take maybe, is that Baltimore Buffalo going up this game. Uh, Bal- Buffalo is a three point favorite. I think right now, in in Baltimore, um, well, buddy, the market loves the Buffalo Bills. I mean, but my take was going to be that, like, I think they are a lot better than Baltimore. I, I think. Well, the Baltimore, the take. Baltimore defense, everything's great. Lamar, too many 
70 yard runs and like sure. long plays though. And they can't, they can't run the ball. JK Dobbins is not going to make a difference. Sorry guys. Like it does not matter that you bring in JK Dobbins uh, versus, you know, mm, no, no, it, it matters. If the, the difference between JK Dobbins and Mike Davis is it worth at least a quarter of a point against the spread. Oh, I don't know about that. Um, Mike so... Davis is a useless NFL player. <laughs> Jeez, I, he's he's he's, he's thirty two um, years old. Like, let's just come on. Enough, enough okay, with this okay. already. What about Kenyon Drake? Kenyon Drake, this, he, he he couldn't even get active. Um, so I guess my point would be like I think Baltimore is low key not that good. You know, maybe. Uh, no, disagree. Dis- disagree. In general, still think the Ravens can win a Super Bowl. They will have oh. to figure. They will have to figure something out on defense, though, because they are just getting torched every game by, like, 70-yard bombs, and you can't – they just got to figure something out as it pertains to that. I got another another hot take. Actually, this is a good one. But it's kind of hard now because Mac Jones is injured now. Um, But my hot take is – consulting the hashtag film, film watching, um, I think Mac Jones – has been really good this year actually so far when i watched him play like he looked pretty good like he was pushing the ball down the field he was like making some good reads i know they struggled in some games but i feel like they've had like better offensive success than you might have thought they just had some like 50 50 balls from Devonte parker the first game weren't going through not the easiest defense to go with against Pittsburgh. And then I think he was actually pretty good against Baltimore in that game. So I guess my, my hot take would be, I don't think he's necessarily been worse than Trevor Lawrence so far this year. So if you're saying now, you know, Trevor Lawrence has been so much better than everyone else. I still think Mac, I think Mac Jones is good. Like, it's I mean, I think, good. I think Mac Jones ceiling is like the 11th best quarterback in football. Uh, the reason why I would disagree with that. Okay, wait, is... wait, wait, wait. Go back to this top five quarterbacks of all time. This is this part. I did this exercise over the summer or top okay. 10 of all time of looking at the best quarterbacks of all time. There are a lot of dudes who don't have like extreme upside when it comes to being athletic freaks who or just who like just that. win a lot, who just who just end up being winners. Is that it's is that the point? Winners It's just there is a lot to being a quarterback. That's not just having a strong arm so my 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 uh take back to that would be is the game done changed is that is that the way that some of these uh, yes maybe yes yes like you you just like uh it's it's what's the what's the stat it's that uh lamar josh allen and hurts through three games have three of the nine highest fantasy point totals ever through three weeks for a quarterback and which so you I'll extrap- give you fantasy so extrapolate extrapolate that out to real life football and you can just see these guys these these i mean just truly like these are unicorns this is Giannis playing football right where it's like if you don't have that guy who can just do absolutely everything on offense for you or or maybe it's not if you don't have the it's that if you have that guy it's like you 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 got to power up, right? You you ate the special mushroom in in uh, Super Mario or whatever. It's like it's like you have this big advantage on these other teams that you are playing who have to specifically account for limitations of their quarterbacks in their game plan. No, I'll agree there, but maybe I wouldn't put it outside of the top ten. Maybe maybe that limits them in like the top five sort of discussion. But I still think sure okay, cool. yeah. I mean that's whatever. I mean I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disagree with that too much. I, my take is that Lawrence actually looks like what people said he looked like, right? So like Lawrence, maybe he hasn't been challenged the last. There couple was of this. Games. There was this. There was this. He's touchdown. been under no pressure the last couple of games, and he was not that good week one. He was one of these. The, this touch the t- the second touchdown he threw last week. I can't remember if it was to Kirk or I think it was the one to Kirk where it was like he's you know he's rolling out to his right. He's off his back foot. It's like kind of almost like a jump throw. And it was just such a laser where I was like, that was the first time I can remember watching Trevor Lawrence in the NFL and being like, holy shit, this guy, he actually might be the guy. Like he actually he might did be that last year though. He just, it was a lot of bad. It was a lot of bad on, on top of it. Well, we'll see. I'm still, I mean, you have to be encouraged by Lawrence. Right. But then these last couple of games has been like a 15% pressure rate and like absolutely no pressure being put on the offense from the other offense either of the first these last couple of games like 
they, they, you know, they could kind of do whatever they wanted and not have to worry about it. So we'll see. We'll see. He was a little rough against the commanders week one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, all right. Let's get out of here. Tell the people what to read, what to listen to, what to watch on, on pro football focus. Yeah. Yeah. So PFF, we got, I got quarterback rankings. People love the rankings. So I got that based upon uh, grading and EPA. I kind of mixed those two together with sample size to come out with some rankings. Jalen hurts. Number one right now, Lamar, number two. So people can argue about that. Um, Josh Allen, number five. People don't like that. People are not happy about that. But we we we, we had him with five turnover-worthy plays last week. Um, so that's out there. DFS content, showdown, every island game, do that sort of stuff. Uh, got some other, whatever. There's a lot of other content there. Follow me on Twitter, at Kevin Cole PFF. Got some nice graphs that are coming out there. Uh, become a super follower. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have super follows, but <laughs> soon. Maybe. Super, super follow Kevin. Super follow Kevin. Super for, follow uh, me anyway, even though I don't even have it. Just, just, just write me a message saying super follower, and I'll there we I'll go. Appreciate it. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. We will be back next week. I think an NBA season preview with our buddy Mike Gallagher next week, and uh, we'll we'll see you then. BP added more than seventy billion dollars to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts.